All right, Exodus chapter 31, verse 18. We'll finish up chapter 31 and read the first six verses of chapter 32. We kind of took a break from Exodus as we was getting close to Christmas and kind of got off track and talked about some different stuff. But we're going to try to power through it over the next couple of months. Hopefully we can finish up uh, the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 31 tonight, verse 18 is where we will start. We'll probably be in chapter 32. We'll go into 32 tonight, and we'll probably be in there for the next three weeks or so. Chapter 32 is a good chapter. There's a lot of good stuff in Exodus 32, and we won't... We, we won't cover every bit of it. There will be a lot of stuff probably that, that, that you could get from it. So I encourage you to read it uh, because there may be things that God reveals to you or works, works in your heart through these scriptures that we don't talk about. But there's a lot of good stuff here I think that we can learn from in Exodus uh, chapter 32. So we'll, we'll kind of dip our toe into Exodus 32 tonight. Uh, now, God had been speaking to Moses on the mountain. He had been giving him instructions about a lot of things that were to be done. And Moses is about to take these stone tablets that God has, has etched with his own finger that have some of these laws for the Israelites to follow. And Moses is about to get these tablets and he's going to take them down the mountain to the Israelites. And that's just a, a, just a little quick uh, reminder of what's been going on and what's going to take place tonight. Exodus 31, verse 18. <clears throat> when he finished speaking with Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him the two tablets of the testimony, stone tablets inscribed by the finger of God. When the people saw that Moses delayed in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said to him, Come, make us a God who will go before us, because this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Then Aaron replied to them, Take off the gold rings that are on the ears of your wives, your sons and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the gold rings that, are, that were on their ears and brought them to Aaron. He took the gold from their hands, fashioned it with an engraving tool, and made it into an image of a calf. And then they said, Israel, this is your God, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. Then he made an announcement. There will be a festival to the Lord tomorrow. Early the next morning they arose, offered burnt offerings, and presented fellowship offerings. The people sat down to eat and drink, then got up to play. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight, and I pray, God, that the Holy Spirit would just speak through me in these words. God, there is so much that we can learn from this, dear Lord, and I pray that you would just let these words speak to our heart today, dear Lord. Help us not to be guilty of the th same things that the Israelites are, dear Lord. Help us not to be too quick to turn to turn from you, dear Lord, but help us to uh, continue to worship you, continue to trust you, continue to follow you, dear Lord, no matter what you're doing in our life, no matter how much time you're taking, no matter what may be going on that we don't understand, dear Lord, let us not question who you are or what you're doing for a second, dear Lord. Let us know that you are and the ultimate awesome creator of the universe, dear Lord, you are the only God, and what you do, dear Lord, is perfect, and help us not to forget that. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Now this is an 
interesting passage of Scripture because when you think back at all that God had done for the Israelites, God, they had seen things that it really were unexplainable. They had seen miracles. They had been delivered from their uh, the, the people they were enslaved to, the Egyptians, and God had delivered them out miraculously. They had seen the plagues. They had been uh, spared from some of these things that the Egyptians had to go through. They had crossed over the Red Sea. God was providing for them the food that they needed to eat and the water that they needed to drink. And they had seen a lot. They had experienced a lot. And of all people in the world that really should have been trusting in the Lord, after all they had seen, it should have been the Israelite people. Now, God had already spoke to them from the mountain. And they were fearful. If you remember a few chapters back, they said, Oh, God, uh, oh, excuse me. Oh, Moses, you intercede for us between God because we don't want to deal with God directly. They had genuinely feared the Lord. They had, they had, experience things that that most people could only dream about what that what that would be like and Moses was up on the mountain and he was speaking with God and God had given him all these instructions and Moses was about to come back down the mountain and after God had finished giving the instructions we see kind of a shift kind of a change of gears here from the end of chapter 31 and chapter 32 now we go back down the mountain where the Israelites are, and they are growing impatient. Now, Moses had been on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. So he had been up there for a while, but it's not like he had been gone for 20 years. He had been gone for a little over a month. And the people uh, were becoming anxious. They were becoming impatient. And really, without even thinking, after 40 days had gone by, they were ready to move on from this Moses, as they referred to him. This Moses that brought us out of Egypt, we don't know where he's at. We don't know what he's doing. We don't know where he's gone. Therefore, we must make for ourselves a God. Now, isn't that interesting that they were about to make a God, or at least they, in their mind, thought that they were going to make a God. They already had a God. They had the God. They had the perfect God. Now, what they should have been doing is they should have been praising the Lord. They should have been thanking the Lord. They should not have been questioning God, and they should not have been questioning Moses and the time that he was taken. After all, they had, they had seen really all that anybody could ever hope to see to know that there was a God. These scriptures, if nothing else, prove that, hey, seeing is not believing. There are some people that say, boy, if God would do this, if God would do that, I'd believe and I'd never doubt. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. Look at the Israelites. Look at what they had seen. They had seen miracles. They had, they had heard God speak to them from the mountain. They had, they had seen all of these things take place, and they, didn't, they still were doubting God. We don't follow God because of what we have seen Him do. We follow God because we trust Him. We trust His Word, and we believe that He is a God who is worthy of worship. And the Israelites failed to recognize that. Now, I believe that God is worthy of worship regardless of if He had ever done anything good for us because He is God. He is perfect. He is love. He created us. What a wonderful thing. He loves us. What a wonderful thing. He sent Jesus Christ to die on a cross for us so that we could be forgiven. What a glorious thing that that is. But even had God done none of those things, I believe God would still be worthy of our praise because He is a perfect loving God. Now praise the Lord, He did those things. Praise the Lord, He does look out for us. Praise the Lord, He does take care of us just as He did the Israelites. And praise the Lord 
that he has sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. Now, Jesus is worthy of our praise. If, or excuse me, God is worthy of our praise. Uh, if, if nothing else good ever happens in our life, God is worthy of our praise. God is worthy of our praise based on who he is and what he has already done in our lives. Just the very fact that he sent Jesus Christ to die for us, God is worthy of our praise. And we need to remember what God has done. We need to remember who God is. And the Israelites failed to do that. Now, we don't want to fall into that same trap. Because when we fail to recognize how wonderful God is, how great God is, how loving God is, how gracious God is, how merciful God is, when we forget those things, we begin to become like the Israelites. We begin to question God. Because God's not living up to our standards. Isn't that something how we kind of put standards on God of how we think God should be or what we think God should do and how fast we think God should do things and in what way we think God should do things. And some people, maybe some of us, I don't know, some people get angry at God because He doesn't act quick enough, because He doesn't act in the way that they think He should act, because He's not doing what they think He should do. And then they get angry at God. Well, God has done nothing wrong. He is God. Now, the Israelites kind of fall into this boat here. God had done all of these wonderful things for them. He had delivered them. He had given them freedom. And He was going to take care of them. And He was going to give them a promised land. He was going to set them up nice. Except they became impatient. They didn't want to wait on the Lord. They said, well we got to make a new God. Moses is up on that mountain. He's not coming back down. Obviously, they thought God was not going to do anything for them either. So they said, we must make another God. And so they came up with this wonderful plan that they were going to take all of the gold jewelry, probably all of that that they had gotten from the Egyptians, as we saw in chapter 12, that they had taken their jewelry before they left. And they take the jewelry of the, the people who had them captive for all these years, and they melt it down, Aaron does, that's another good thing we can get from this, this, this passage. They had some pretty bad leadership there. Aaron should have said, hold up, wait a minute. When the people come to him, he should have said, this is a bad idea. He didn't do no such of a thing, at least not in the Scripture. If he did, we don't see about it. The people came to him and said, hey, we need to make this God. And he said, all right, give me all your stuff. And he got to work, got an engraving tool, and made this, 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 this image of this calf for the people to worship. Made an, made an altar for the calf to sit on. <clears throat> Excuse me, so that the people could come before and they could worship this God who was going to be with them, who had delivered them. Now, this golden calf, they just were making him with their hands, and somehow this was to be the God who had already delivered them. They weren't thinking straight because they weren't, they didn't realize and fully appreciate God for who he was. They began to question God because God wasn't acting fast enough, because God wasn't doing things in the way that they thought that God should be doing things. And in, as a result of that, they gave up on God. Now, we don't want to be guilty of the same type of things in our life. We don't want to, we don't want to make an image of who God is because God is not made in our image. We are made in God's image. And God is worthy of our praise always throughout the Old Testament. What is God calling the, the Israelites to do? He's always calling them to remember. Do this, to remember what I did. Remember how I delivered you. Remember how I was with you. Remember this. Remember that. Remember this. Remember that. Jesus says in the New Testament, uh, 
when we when it talks about uh, 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 eating the bread and drinking the wine, he said, uh, "This do in remembrance of me." We are to remember what Jesus has done for us when we uh, eat the bread and when we drink the wine. We are to remember what Jesus has done, and God calls His people all throughout the Old Testament to remember. Well, why does God have to tell them to remember? Because of stuff like this. Because they are so quick to forget. See, they are, they are waiting on God to do something bigger, something better, because they think that God should do this or should do that. And instead of remembering who God is and what God has done, they are looking for something more. And as a result, they give up on God. And there are people in our world today, and maybe even some of us sometimes, that, that, that hold God to our standard, that, that create uh, or, or want to put God in the way that we think He is. And then God doesn't do things the way that we think He should. And then we may begin to question or we may begin to say, God, why are you taking so long? Or God, why aren't you doing this? Or God, why are you doing this? But God is God. And He is perfect. And He is going to do what He is going to do. And our love for God should not depend on what He is going to do for us next week, next year, for the rest of our life. Our love for God should be determined by what He has already done for us because He loved us, because He gave Jesus Christ on a cross to die for us, because just as the Israelites were delivered from uh, their enslavement under the Egyptians, so have we been delivered for our, from our sins so that we are no longer slaves to sin. God has looked down upon us and He has given us grace and He has given us mercy and He continually looks out for us and, and we have a building to, to, to worship in. We have food to eat. We have clothes to wear and God is blessing us in so many ways. But so many times we want more. We want more. That's what the Israelites wanted. They wanted more. They weren't content with what they had. But when we learn to be content with what we have, and when we learn to recognize that God is worthy of our praise because He is God, that God does not have to do anything for us, that God has already done everything for us, that everything that we could possibly ever want and need has been done for us in Jesus Christ. We need not search for more. There is no more. We need not search for anything better. There is nothing better than Jesus Christ and Christ crucified. And that is what we must not forget as Christians. That is what saves us. We heard that good news. We accepted that good news. We embraced that good news. We felt the joy of the forgiveness of our sins. And what a glorious day that was. If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, you felt that. And that's what we need to remember. When we're in a situation in life and it feels like, boy, is God here? Why is God taking so long? Why isn't God doing this? Or why isn't God doing that? We need not worry about why God is doing things the way He's doing them, but remember how God has done things in the past. Remember that He has delivered us. And if He's not answering our prayers or doing things the way that we think He should now, then we just be patient. We wait because He is God and He knows what He's doing. And just as He delivered the Israelites, so He delivered us and wants to deliver us if we're not already His. And we need not to forget what a glorious thing the grace of God is that we experience through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight, and I thank you for this good passage, dear Lord. And I pray that you help us not to be so foolish as, as the Israelites, dear Lord. God, we're, we're probably not, not making golden calves to worship. But God, there are things in our life that maybe we turn to instead of you. 
God, maybe, maybe you've done great things in our life and we get to a struggle and we begin to, to turn to worldly possessions for our comfort. We begin to turn to other things to, to get us through the hard times, dear Lord, instead of trusting you, instead of waiting on you, instead of knowing that, God, you are at work, even if we can't see you. Dear Lord, the Israelites, they couldn't see you. They couldn't see Moses, but you were at work, dear Lord. And so help us not to forget that, that, God, you work behind the scenes a lot of time. God, help us not to give up on you because maybe you don't answer our prayers or handle situations the way that we think you should, dear Lord. We think we know how things are, but dear Lord, we're just humans. And, 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 and God, help us to realize that. We are humans, but you are God. And God, help us to, to give you praise, to give you, to give you glory, to give you honor, to worship you. Because God, as we sang tonight, you are worthy of worship. God, you have done all that more than, than we deserve, dear Lord. God, even if you didn't do another thing for us, God, you're still worthy of our worship. And God, I pray that you help us to, to be ready to live that out. Because, God, sometimes things happen in our life that are tough. And, God, help us to hold strong whatever may come our way, whatever obstacles we may face, no matter how tough life may get, God. Help us not to question you. Help us not to give up on you. Help us not to turn to anything or anyone else other than Jesus Christ, dear Lord, because there's nothing else we can turn to. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.